0: If you have your copy of the scriptures I invite you to turn with me to the gospel of matthew matthew's Gospel chapter sixteen just reading verses twenty one to twenty seven i'll give you just a moment to uh, to turn there matthew's gospel chapter sixteen verses twenty one to twenty seven some people um, have been asking me how my foot's going it's um at least I've progressed from a seat to a stool and then now uh, without that. Uh, my only problem now, I'm still going to physio a couple of times a week and uh, being a good boy, I guess, by doing that and following instructions, but I tend to be feeling better now and, and overdo it uh, with my foot and then, uh, as you know, you, you pay for it later. Um, this week, uh, this last Friday, I was um, in the city for a breakfast. Um, I had a, Premier has this, uh, uh, a prayer breakfast, a Sydney prayer breakfast um, each year, and I was invited uh, by the Baptist Union to be one of the representatives at the, the prayer breakfast, and that was um, starting at um, 6.30, in the, it was 6.30 to 8.30 in the morning uh, in at Martin Place in Sydney, and uh, so I went up the night before, uh, so I was there Thursday evening, uh, spent the night in, uh, in the city, and I wanted to kind of map out my um, my place because I knew where Martin Place was, but I didn't know where I was exactly where I was going, and I thought there wouldn't be too many people to ask at six o'clock in the morning as I was walking that way. Uh, so I started walking Thursday night. Uh, I was staying in a place on uh, Liverpool Street. It's about a half an hour uh, walk up, and um, I walked up to, to Martin Place, found where it was, and then thought, "Oh, Vivid's on!" And I was drawn like a little child to the lights. I think, and I started walking along from Martin Place, and I'm looking at everything, because Thursday night is a great night. It was a great night to see, because nobody else is seeing it. Well, relatively no one, if you know Sydney and, and Vivid. Um, the crowds weren't, and I thought, I'm just following the signs It says this way, this way, and I'm like, okay, I'll go this way. And I'm walking down, and I walked uh, from then, so Liverpool Street to Martin Place, and then Martin Place on down to Circular Quay, and I'm walking along, uh, the, the opera house, and I went around that side and then back to this side, and I'm looking at the lights, and then I started thinking, my foot's feeling really sore, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've got a long way back, so I thought that probably wasn't the smartest thing, um, and then uh, the next morning when I got up and actually had to make the walk to go, I had to be wearing a suit and dress shoes and stuff, and so that wasn't uh, as much fun either, but I'm getting there, I'm just not being very smart with it, okay, so it's ta- it may be taking a little bit longer, but um, I appreciate your... Your patience with me uh, here, we're working that way. Um, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, beginning verse 21. Read with me, it should be on the screen here. Jesus, just before this, had been talking to his disciples about uh, the the kingdom of heaven and then he ordered his disciples not to, uh, to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. But then verse 21 says... For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You and I praise You, Lord, for the precious gift of Your Word and for the opportunity to open it together to Your church. Teach us Your ways. Challenge our hearts, God, to follow You faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I first moved to Australia from the United States in 2004, and one of the first questions I got when I got here is, so, do you like Ford or Holden? Now, to be honest, I'd never even heard of a Holden before. Uh, my family grew up um, driving Fords. Sorry, John. Um, so I thought, well, I'll pick the one I've even heard of, and that was a, a Ford, um, but I have to be honest, I've never faithfully followed either one. i would never heard of Bathist or um, anything like that. Um, but i found very quickly that you, you need to be in one camp or the other. Uh, people are either fo- forward uh, for life or they're, they're kind of holding for life. And there's, um, there's not much changing that. I think families could probably divide over such things. Um, likewise, I, I was asked, which NRL team I followed? Now, again, I'd never heard of the NRL. Um, I'd never seen a game of, of rugby before. And then I come here and I find out, oh, there's all sorts of, you know, you've got AFL and NRL and Aussie rules stuff and all this. And uh, I don't understand any of it, so I just kind of watch, uh, watch any and all of it. But we were living in Penrith, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll be a Penrith supporter. Well, I didn't understand at the time that my father-in-law was a die-hard EEL supporter. And, uh, and my wife, my wife doesn't even watch football, but she's always, she's a Panthers supporter, and I thought, well, I'll stick with my wife, and we'll be from, uh, from Penrith and, uh, and support the Panthers, but, uh, we had to grow up, as many of you have, in this sort of divided household where we are buying one thing for our kids, and my, my father-in-law is buying Eels dummies and Eels, uh, outfits for them, and, uh, I found that I'd I'd, uh, caused division in the family from the very beginning, uh, even before we were married. Um, Now, I'd never followed any of these sort of uh, kind of Aussie uh, sports like the the NRL. Uh, I'd never really followed any sort of car. I'd only been a a basketball fan up until really the the time I moved to to Australia. Um, I followed Kentucky basketball, college basketball, and... Pretty much, if you're from Kentucky, then you you follow Kentucky basketball. You're just automatically a fan, I think. They always talk about um, the colors blue and white, uh, that you you just bleed blue if you're from Kentucky. And it is very different uh, than a game here. Now, you might go... I might be able to go all year round and uh, never see or hear a Panthers uh, game and still call myself a a Panthers supporter... Um, because I know a few things about it. You can't go, you can't live in the state of Kentucky without seeing or hearing a college basketball game, because every time there's a college basketball game on, it's over every radio station around. Uh, on on the So you flip through, and it's like, oh, okay, the Kentucky game, the Kentucky game, the Kentucky game. If you walk in a petrol station to, to buy your petrol, it's on the, the sound system at the uh, the petrol station. If you go in the grocery store... The, the game is playing at the grocery store and everyone, the cashier can't serve you because he or she is listening faithfully to the game. And it all depends, like there's a tense moment in the game and, and then she'll serve you or, or he'll serve you. And so everything revolves around Kentucky basketball and, uh, and for, for a good reason. So, uh, so I'll give you some of the history so you can all become Kentucky basketball fans. Okay? Um, the University of Kentucky has the most successful team Uh, In the the conference, the the national conference, NCAA conference history, both in all-time wins, which is 2,205, and in the winning percentage, which is 76% uh, of their games uh, have been won throughout their history. They have been the the local conference, the Southeastern Conference champions uh, 30 times, uh, season champions 45 times. They've, oh, sorry, they've been the regular season champions now, the SEC conference champions, 49 times. National champions, uh, 8 times. So that's NCAA championships, 8 times. Um, they've had a number of NBA players, the so former players that have gone on to be the NBA. Uh, there's currently uh, 22 players which are playing in the NBA. Uh, some of those you may have heard of. Mohammed um, Muhammad uh, has been playing for the Bulls. Uh, Keith Bogans. Uh, Jamal Mashburn, Tayshawn Prince, John Wall, Anthony Davis. There's been another 97 former players that have formerly played for the NBA and have now retired. Uh, some of those older ones, the uh, Sam Bowie, uh, Rex Chapman. Uh, this year, this year they they didn't win the national champion. They did go to the the conference again, uh, but my wife uh, struggles to make it through uh, the month of March because. March in, in America, it's March Madness, and that's when the NCAA Conference Championships start, and everything revolves around basketball, and everything was just seeing how Kentucky did, and then everyone is angry or bitter for a few days if Kentucky doesn't make it on uh, to the uh, the national championships, and so they made it to Sweet 16, and then the Great 8, uh, they didn't make it on through the, uh, the Final Four and the championships, so... Um, that was probably hard to, to live with uh, in the, the month of March, because I was actually getting to watch the game. My, my wife, for a Christmas present this year, because I hadn't really been able to watch the games very faithfully for the last several years, and for Christmas she bought me the sports package on FoxTEL. Now you might not think that was great, uh, but how much I've loved just sitting and watching Kentucky basketball games, uh, a bit more than she thought. And so I think we've probably canc- <laughs> she's decided to cancel the sports package until maybe in March next year. Um, But I was loving catching up on these because I could watch them on YouTube, older games. You can listen to them live, but some odd technological thing with the Internet, you can't watch them live from here. You can watch them live over the Internet if you're in the States, if you own cable TV. So it's an odd thing. But anyway, I couldn't do it from here. So I hadn't been able to watch a lot of the games. In fact, most of the year, even until the championship when I was watching these games, I didn't know the names of the players. Uh, I, I know the the coach's name and um, you know a few things about them. I had been a a fan for a long time, for a number of years, for most of my life, growing up as a Kentucky basketball fan. But I could really no longer say that I I followed them because I wasn't able to watch a lot of the games. I didn't know what had been happening uh, all throughout the year. And uh, I can honestly say that um, although I know. Something about their history, and and I've been a fan for a long time, that uh, my fellow Kentuckians would no longer say that I I bleed blue. Uh, Although I'm a fan, they would say I I no longer follow them. But much more important than whether we follow uh, Ford or or Holden, which NRL team we we follow, or if you're one of these odd AFL people instead, uh, whatever it is, it doesn't matter truly if you're a Kentucky follower or not. What matters and what we need to ask ourselves as a church, is, what kind of church are we? Are we fans of Jesus, and do we like his teachings, and do we, we like about Jesus things about Jesus? or are we followers of Jesus? Are we faithfully knowing him and, and following in his ways? Are we aware of where he's moving and what he's wanting to do? Are we in touch with, with Jesus and being faithful to follow him? So there's four things quickly. Um, we need to to look at from the scriptures to see really are we are we just a, a fan of Jesus and we like his ways and we like his who he is, or are we being faithful to follow him? This is a challenging passage here in uh, in Matthew chapter sixteen because this is Jesus talking to the guys who know him the best, his disciples who had walked with him and talked with him for the last three or three and a half years or so. And he's, he's talking about these final days and things that are to come. And they didn't really know him very well at all. They didn't understand what he was doing. And so you see this interaction as Jesus is trying to talk to his disciples and say what's about to happen. That In a few days he's going to die at the hands of, of men for the, the sins of many. But in three days, he will be raised to life again. And Peter, as he often did in Scripture, jumps up and just speaks, uh, maybe even before he thinks, and he jumps up and he speaks and says, No, Lord, that's not going to happen. I will stand by you and I will make sure that that doesn't happen. Surely, Lord, this will not take place. And Jesus has an interesting comeback to him, doesn't he? He says, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. Because you don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now, I'm sure I've never met Peter. I know a little bit about him from reading in the Word. But I can venture to guess that is not the response Peter thought he was going to get from Jesus. He's trying to step up and say, no, I'm going to stand by you. This will not happen. I will make sure, God, I'll make sure, Jesus, that you are protected. And Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. You're not even for me. You are against me. You are a hindrance to me. verse 23, uh, this word, the the stumbling block, is... uh, it's from the Greek, transferred a, a hindrance or a stumbling block, something that, that trips you up and stands in your way. Jesus says, this is what you're doing to me. And what you're doing is a, is a desire, is a passion that's about self. It's about what you want, not what God wants. Now, I don't know about you, but I have looked at this passage many, many times through the years, and I can see a lot of me in Peter. Because there's a lot of things that God wants to do. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's not the way it should work, God. Here's how it would be better if we did it as a church. Here's what would be best for our church. And God has said many times to His church, get out of the way. Because you're only thinking about what you want and not what God wants. You you were going on your own selfish desires. Peter loved Jesus. They loved what he was doing. They loved the ministry that was happening. They loved seeing him heal people and restore people. He loved the, the teachings about the kingdom of heaven. He loved seeing God's love and passion demonstrated through Jesus. He didn't want any of that to end. Who would? Any of us who walk with Jesus and talk with Him and saw Him ministering and healing the hands and feet of, of the broken, seeing Him raise the, the, the dead to life, none of us would want to stop that to stop. That's not just a Peter is a, a selfish man and he shouldn't be like that. None of us would be desiring Jesus to die. None of us would be wanting God's plan of this. But Jesus is saying... God has a plan that you may not understand. God is going to do something here through me that you're not going to like. You're not going to understand. But this is what needs to be done. And so I will be faithful to follow God's way. Not what I want. And we have to be willing to do the same. As God's church, we have to be willing to follow Jesus the way that He followed God. In that we will go wherever He says go, even though it's a difficult road sometimes. We will move where He says move. We will stop if He says stop. We will take time to love and to care for one another along the way, but we'll be faithful to follow God's direction, God's way. To follow the things of God, not the things of man. Jesus says if anyone is to be His disciple, he must deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me. Denying self is not an easy thing. Now, it's not saying, in the Scripture, it's not saying if we want to follow Jesus, if we want to be a disciple of Him, if we want to really be following in His ways, then we really have to have a a poor self-concept or or poor self-esteem. But it is saying we need to be willing to put God's ways and even the ways of others before ourselves. We need to not be selfishly following Christ. In fact, there is no such thing. You can't be selfishly following Christ. If you're being selfish or self-centered in any way, then we're not following Christ and His example because His his example is that of love and of grace and of sacrifice. He was willing to pay His own life for ourselves. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 to 8, is this great passage saying... We should be humble like Christ who, although he was in the very nature of God, didn't see equality with God, something to he grasped, but made himself in the form of a man and humbled himself to the form of a man, even humbled himself to the death on the cross, the most gruesome of capital punishment, to pay the price for us. He was willing to give up his... His majesty and glory in heaven to come and to walk among us, to suffer and to struggle like any other man, to hunger and to thirst like any other man, to live and to breathe like any other man, and then to bear our sins on the cross. It says, Therefore, God has given him a name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. That's the sort of of life that we are to live, a life of sacrifice, a life of service, a life denying our own needs and and desires and being willing to give things up for God. Now, we are not very good at that in today's society. We are taught and trained that we need to get something out of it. If we're going to give something into it, we need to get something out of it. It needs to be more about us and so many Christians have talked to me through the years and said, Well, I've been faithful to this God. I've been praying and I've been reading my Bible and I've been going to church every Sunday and my life is just falling apart. There's sickness around and, and things aren't going my way. You would think that if I've been faithful to God for all these years, I'd get something back out of it. I'd get something for it. Now, to be honest, I've not had that sort of experience with, with God. I have, I have seen my share of, of struggle. I've seen my share of, of sickness in, in, in family. I've seen uh, my share of struggle and, and death and heartache. But I've always felt God's peace and His presence with me through it all. I've always felt even closer to God through these difficult times. And I've seen God's strength carry me through even the most perilous of times. But I am certain that following God is not to be done just so that we get something out of it. It's not about whether we feel blessed or we feel privileged. God says He'll be with us. He says He'll bless us. He says He'll care for us. He'll provide for us. Everything we need. But He asks us to let go of those worldly things. To let go of the, the dreams of the... the the houses and the land and all those things, and to say, God, I trust you to take care of me. I trust you, God, and I will go where you say go. To deny self, to let go of those desires and say, God, I will follow you no matter what. To not only deny self, but to take up a cross. Now, taking up a cross is not the same thing as hanging a cross around your neck or putting a Christian symbol or bumper sticker on your car. Those of you who have been to America, especially, you see a lot of the Ixthus, the, the old Christian symbol of the fish on the back of a car. And I've been cut off many times in traffic and had a certain wave out the, the window to me. And then you look, and right on the back of the car says, I follow Jesus. And, or has the little Christian symbol on there. One time I even got cut off by a church bus. And uh, this guy, uh, he, he started yelling something out the window and he, he cut me off. And I went in the back of the church and says, follow me to Sunday school. Uh, and I thought, well, I don't want to follow him anywhere. Uh, um, but taking up the cross is more than just having the symbol of Christ as a symbol of the cross with us. The cross that Jesus is talking about, he's talking to people in the Roman Empire. And they know that the cross is a symbol of death. The cross is a symbol of absolute hatred and death and loss. For those who were punished by death on the cross were the vilest of sinners. The worst of the worst is all that this capital punishment was given to And the people who were on their way to be crucified, who were walking along the road to be crucified, were literally considered by the people in society to not be human anymore. They had died to themselves. They had given up everything. They were not human anymore And although they were from that community, they may have been from Jerusalem themselves, as they walked those streets, the very citizens that they used to walk with and talk with and, and do business with were spitting on them and beating them and mocking them. To walk the road of the cross, to take up that cross and to carry that to the crucifixion is a willingness to lay down everything. To say, me, my hopes, my dreams, my desires are no longer there. I have given it all up to sacrifice that to God. I want to lay my life down and follow. To follow Christ as the church, as the church that God wants us to be, we need to deny self, take up that cross, and then follow Christ to count the cost, to see what it would take to truly trust God and then to be willing to follow Him in that. About a year ago, I talked to you about a friend of mine named uh, named Sam. And uh, I just spoke to Sam last week on the phone and he's talking to me about his um, his life with Christ and how excited he is to be a Christian and to tell everyone about Christ. Sam is from Iran, and he's constantly leading other Iranians to Christ. Uh, in fact, uh, the church he's in right now, they, they can't keep up with him. He's always asking for more Bibles and more Bible study material in, in Persian. And he's, uh, the pastors are having to meet with uh, all these new Persians and talk to them more about Christ, and, and they're baptizing new believers at a, an astonishing rate because... Of Sam's passion just to tell everybody about Jesus. but when Sam first came to, uh, to Australia, I was meeting with him uh, almost every day and just talking to him about Jesus and he was born in a Muslim background and a very extremist Muslim background in Iran. had never heard of Jesus. He had heard about that there was a man named Jesus didn't know anything about him. You're not allowed in Iran to even look up anything on the internet about. Uh, about christ or about christianity it's just blocked uh, from the internet he couldn't find out anything Uh, he had gone to tried to go to a christian church in iran and uh, the pastor wouldn't open the door he's got like a little slit he can open up and he said you need to go away because it's dangerous for you and it's dangerous for me because you're a muslim and if i'm the pastor said if i'm taught teaching you about christ then our whole church will be wiped out and so he couldn't even learn from the church about Christ. And so when he came here uh, as, as an asylum seeker originally and, uh, and moved into Sydney, he started coming to our church and started walking with him, talking with him every day about Jesus. And Sam uh, becomes a Christian. In fact, his actual name is, um, is Golom, okay? Or Olom, but it's, it's spelled like Golom, okay? And it's spelled G-H-O-L-A-M. It's Olom. And I used to practice because I'm going... Olam, he's like, no, it's Olam, and I'm like, okay, Olam, no, no, it's Olam, and I'm practicing for weeks to get his name, and he goes, oh, everybody just calls me Sam, so (laughs) I, I finally, after I finally worked it out, and I'm practicing and practicing and telling everyone about him, he goes, oh, everyone else just calls me Sam, so anyway, I'll just call him Sam now, so Sam becomes a Christian, and he came to me, and he was so excited about his new faith in Christ, and he said, he wanted to be baptized and we baptized him there at the church and he, he ran home and he said uh, I've, I've got to tell my family I've got to let them know of the decision I've made and he uh, he spoke to me the next day and uh, sorry he actually spoke to me later that afternoon and he said to me Pastor Mike and he always calls me pa- well he usually calls me Father Mike or Pastor Mike and he said Father let me tell you what happened he said I, I talked to my dad And he said, I was so excited, and he said, I rang him, and and I just said, Dad, guess what? He said, I've become a Christian, and I was baptized today in the church by Father Mike. And his dad didn't respond. And uh, he said to him again, sorry, did you hear me? He said, Dad, I've just become a Christian. I've learned all about Jesus, and I've decided to be a follower of Jesus, and I was baptized today. And his father, again, didn't reply for a while. And then out of the silence, he finally simply replied, You are dead to me. And he said this. He said, I won't tell your family what you've done because you've disgraced me and you've disgraced our family. I will simply tell all of your friends and all of our family that my son died in Australia. Don't ever contact us again. You have no family here. And Sam came to me, and as he's talking to me about his father's decision and, and the story, he had tears coming down his face, and he just said, I am so happy that I've decided to follow Jesus. He said, I've given up so much, but I have so much more. And Sammy, we were praying for him to get a job, and he got a job as a uh, kind of a, a lollipop man, I guess, at a, a road construction. And... Uh, uh, anyway, now he's got his license. He's doing all these different things in, in road construction, but he's driving the big trucks. I'm a bit scared of that. But he, uh, he's, he was a lollipop man, and he wanted everyone to know that he's a Christian. And so he, tattooed, he had a tattooed on his arm, Sammy is Christian, down his, down his forearm, so that everyone who, uh, who sees him standing there would know that he's a believer in Jesus. And um, Sammy... I think of him every time I hear a passage like this that challenges us as a church to say, are you a fan of Jesus? Like, do you know about him and you think, these are great teachings and we should follow him? Or we, He's got a lot of good things to say. Or are you really a follower of Jesus? God's plans are not always our plans. They ask us to lay down ourselves, to take up that cross, to be willing to sacrifice it all and to follow him. Man, that's that's what a follower of Jesus is. Someone who's willing to give it all and say, Jesus, I trust you. God, I trust in your ways. I don't want to be just a fan. I don't want to just know things about you, God. I want to follow you. Church, we need to be a church who follows Christ, who follows Jesus, who tries to live like Jesus, who says, yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we stumble along the way. We're going to support each other. We're going to encourage each other to keep following Jesus. To let Jesus and none other be our example. To let Jesus and none other be our guide. That's the sort of church I want to be a part of. That's the sort of church that I'm so proud to be a part of. A church that strives to live like Jesus. A church that strives to follow Jesus. Not just to be a fan. Let's just pray that we become that sort of church. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. I thank you, Lord, for people like Sam, like Sammy, who's willing to, to give up so much, so much we, we don't even understand, in order to follow you. And Lord, I thank you for the peace that you've given him in his heart, the passion you've given him to, to encourage others to make the same decision, to follow you, to not only know about you, but to follow you and to trust you with their life, where They have no family, they have no friends, they have no community to lean on, but they have you. Lord, help us as your church to not just be fans of you and to to say we like your teachings or we like the songs or we like coming along to the church because we, we feel wonderful when we're here. Lord, help us to be true followers of you through the good Through the challenging, God, help us to never be a stumbling block for your ministry. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us to be following you in passion together. Help us, God, to be bold and passionate in the way we we engage with one another and the way we follow you. Help us to be encouraging and leading one another closer and closer to you. Help us, God, to be following you as our guide and you as our model. Help us, Lord, to be like Jesus, to truly follow him, in the way he lived, in the way he ministers, in the way he continues to sacrifice and care for us. Help us, Lord, to love you with such a faithful love, to serve you with such faithful service, and to do it together as your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.